hear the word of the Lord from 1 John 4. This is um, our theme tonight is love. So be dwelling on, um, as we read this passage, I think all of it will be, it's, it's quite small, but I wanted all of it to be on the screen. Um, if you can see it, which I think maybe some of you can, um, kind of dwell on it, look along, or feel free to grab a Bible. Um, let's listen to this and, and reflect on it together. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, in these 14 verses, the word love is used 28 times. And if you expand to 1 John, it's, it's probably double that in just this letter. But this is the the kind of climax of the letter that's referring to the love of God and what that means. Um, more likely than not, we have been steeped in kind of a cultural belief that love is a feeling, right? If you've been to a wedding uh, that was performed by a Christian minister, they're probably um, trying to counteract this notion that love is this thing that burns sometimes and fades sometimes. Love is something we fall into and out of just as much as we fall into being hungry and out of being hungry. Um, but here and throughout Scripture, there's a theme that love is defined by God, not by us and not by our emotions. That love is, um, is sourced on the foundation, not just of something that comes from God, but who God is, right? This, this verse says time and time again, God is love, not to be confused with love is God. We don't worship love, but God is love. What does that mean? How is that, how is that true? Well, 
in a very simple way, when we believe in God as Trinity, like we've kind of been going through the Nicene Creed for the last couple of weeks on Sundays, when we believe God as Father, Son, and, and Spirit, we begin to get a concept that we can grasp of, okay, God is in a community of love with Himself. So where do we fit in that? Well, we as creatures, as those created by God, are simply created because we're an outpouring of God's love. Out of His love, we were created. And the Scriptures tell us that in this love is where we find rest. That, that's what that word is getting at. Where we, when we abide in who God is and what He has done, we find our source of rest. Um, There's four things in this verse I want to point out. Um, this is the order of operations for love. It's that first, God is love. Second, God loves us. Third, we respond to His love by abiding in it. And fourth, we love others. So, to be men and women on mission, which means to share God's love with each other and with a world full of people who are desperate to experience the kind of love that God has, we have to go to the source. We have to be filled up with God's love. I think there's a tension here to acknowledge. Um, the church should be a place where we feel God's love really, really palpably. And as men and women who believe in God, we are given this task to love each other indiscriminately. We can't hate one another. We have to love one another, the verse tells us over and over again. But the verses never mention that we should seek to find love from one another. They give us one source of love, and that's why I have a dry sponge <laughs> up here. I'm not about to ask you to take your shoes off so I can wash your feet, although that would be a picture of love. Uh, instead, I want us to see that when we try and love others from a source that's not God, we are like a dry sponge. There is nothing we can wring out. And maybe, maybe we have a little bit of love from people and we get to pour out a little bit. But if these verses are telling us anything, I think they're telling us that, that we should abide in the love of God. D'Amico's going to clean that up tomorrow. There is this source of love that from which we can continually dip. This bowl will run out of water, but God will never run out of love. He is love is what the verse tells us, right? He is love. And so, whenever we feel wrung out or burnt out or that we can't love each other again, there's, the verse tells us, yeah, like seek community, but I hope that we are men and women who point one another to the source of love. That's my, you'll never see that on a Sunday. That's a, that's a prayer night thing. So tonight, we want to pray for love. We want to dwell on the love of God and pray in gratitude and expectation, right? We want Sojourn Montrose to be a place where people feel palpably the love of God where they feel it, and they're directed to a source. <laughs> they're directed to a source that never runs out. Um, so, this first prayer position, the gospel. I want us to think about these verses again. Um, not all of them 
here are the reminders of how God has loved you. you if you want to um, go ahead and enter kind of a prayer posture, close your eyes. Uh, if that's comfortable for you, if it's not, don't worry about it. Um, I want to encourage you maybe to put your palms up, not not expecting something magical to happen there, but just uh, knowing that our physical posture um, ushers us into prayer in a way that we it teaches our body something. Verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest among you. God sent His only Son to the world so that you might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved you and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the payment for your sin. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified this truth. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in you, and you abide in God. Like a dry, parched sponge, Lord, we wish to be dipped into the bowl of your love. Jesus is not tired of you. He is not tired of your sin. He has not abandoned you. He's not distant. He loves you. He saved you because he loves you. The Father sent the Son in an outpouring of love for you. He's not tired of you. He's not sick of you. He's not sick of repeated sin or failure to walk in perfection or to love perfectly. He's not tired of you. He loves you. Lord, I believe that you love me. I believe that you saved me. I believe that you've sent me to love these brothers and sisters. I believe that you've sent me in your love to love my neighbors. Lord, I haven't abided in your love, but right now I just want to linger in it. feels like a, a tree planted by a stream from Psalm 1, whose roots drink deeply of the water of the love of God. Lord, we love you. 
we worship you. We just spend just a couple more moments um, in this posture. Pray to the Lord in gratitude for his love. Dear Lord, um, we are grateful for your love for us, God, and I'm personally grateful just for these these moments to linger with you and to be with you, um, and I ask that you would help me to do this every day, God, just to sit um, remembering your love for me and abiding with you, because um, you abide with me, God. Um, so yeah, we, we ask that you would let your nearness be evident to us as we go throughout our chaotic days, God, um, that we would go to the source first, um, your source of love, your deep love for us, God, before we try to um, pour out on our families and friends and neighbors. Um, God, yeah, I pray that you will just keep this image in our head of the water that freely flows, God, that your love would freely flow from us when we abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're going to go back to First um, John chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 11 and 12, and then 17 and 18. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. And then jumping to verse 17. By this is love perfected, perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, but whoever fears has not, has not been perfected in love. So um, in the scripture, it's talking about how uh, the love we have for one another is a way that God abides in us. Like, he abides in us, and out of that flows love for one another. Um, and Jesus says that people will know we're his disciples by the way we love each other. So it, God is evident in us through that love. Um, and that as we grow more and more in our 
in, in the image of Christ. Um, the sanctification, um, through sanctification, sorry, <laughs> um, we grow in love and then grow in sanctification. So as we become more like Christ, we grow in love. And that's pretty cool. Because without Christ, we can't, there's no way that we could love the people in our lives. Um, even with Christ, it's a struggle a lot of times to love the people that he has put in our life. And we desperately need him in order to reflect his love to people around us. And so looking in the scripture also, it talks about how um, the outcome of love is confidence. Confidence in the Lord, um, confidence in one another as a church, and then confidence also in the fact that he is working in us and he is doing um, good work through us and through his church. And so um, right now what we're going to do is we're going to um, group up in our parishes um, in our parish families, and just ask the Lord that his love would grow in us, that as we abide in him, like we talked about, that we would um, grow in love for one, one another, grow in confidence that the Lord is working um, in our midst, and that we would, um, yeah, let that love flow out into our communities where our parishes are. Um, so take a few minutes, maybe four or five, um, get in your parish. Father, we come to you in this time, and I ask that, that you would be doing, uh, doing the work in, in the men and women in this room and their hearts that you've been doing in mine even this evening of, of calling us to come to you needy um, and regularly spend time with you to be nourished by your love, to be rooted in it deeply. Um, pray that you would you would allow all of us to take take steps of faith and discipline to be with you. For some of us in the room, uh, that might start by just simply opening our Bible, um, by simply saying just a, a short prayer in the morning. And, and for some of us in the room, it, it's a it's a heart and a mindset shift from from viewing coming to the Word or coming to you in prayer. Um, as something to, as a box to check off before we start our day or go to bed at night. Um, but that we would come to you as, as your children, but also as your bride, desperate for your intimacy, uh, desperate to be with you. Feel a, a conviction that that I have not wanted you in that way, Lord. And so if there are other people in this room that feel that way, I ask them to, to confess that as well because I, like, what a shameful thing that would be 
and a, and a painful thing that would be for me to say to my wife. But you are a great husband, and, and, and I confess that to you, that I've just not wanted you in that way. And I ask that you would, you would, you would show us mercy and that you would develop in our hearts a deeper desire to be with you because we're, we're praying that our parishes would be these outposts of kingdom love, of brotherly love, where we're giving to one another, we're caring for one another, we're meeting each other's needs and serving each other. And that's just never going to be true if we're not rooted and overflowing with, with the love that you've given to us. And so I pray that we would come to you for it, uh, knowing that you will provide, that you're, you're the one who, who says that, that you have rivers of living water, the one that the psalm says makes our cup overflow. Surely goodness and mercy will come to us uh, if we have come to you. And so I ask that we would and that our parishes would be places that are overflowing with that kind of love, um, that every time we would invite a neighbor to participate in the life of the church, that they would, they would see a people who are overflowing with the sort of love that they've never encountered before. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, well, that leads us into uh, the next prayer section. Um, in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In 1 John 4, verse 20, it says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, so the love that we have for one another, one, it's, it's totally contingent upon our love for the Lord and the love that we receive from the Lord, but also to lack love for one another is, is to be condemned as liars in the faith, that, that we don't actually love the Lord if we do not love the brothers. Uh, Jesus says, if you cannot love me if you don't love my bride, the church. Um, but when that love is expressed, Jesus has told us the world will know that we are his disciples. When we love one another, the world will know that we are his disciples. It will point to Jesus. So, so the love that we have for one another is one, like it's, it's beneficial to us. It's encouraging to us. It's uplifting. It does good in the church. Needs are met. All of those things. But at the same time, it proclaims the good news to our neighbors, that when we love each other, we are actually proclaiming the resurrection to our neighbors. We're proclaiming the love of God to our neighbors because they get to see a sort of unusual love that, that doesn't exist apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, apart from a people who have been fully forgiven and freed from Satan's sin and death. Um, but when that happens, then then the mission goes forward. The kingdom expands when we love one another. Um, 
and, and so when we share our lives and, and serve our neighbors um, and tell them the good news of Jesus, um, this is the most loving thing that we can do. Um, but I love the way Jesus says that, that all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Um, it's, he doesn't say all people will know that you're my disciples if you love them. It's if you love one another, like that the church gets to be this city on the hill that the world is looking at, learning about the kind of love that only if I could be invited into that sort of love. And we have the opportunity to invite people into that sort of love. We have tables to, to offer them a seat and, and to have a meal. We have parish gatherings and, and all these things. And all of that is about offering the hospitality and love of God to our neighbors so that they will get to see not our love, so they'll be impressed with us, but because our love proclaims the glory of Jesus and they'll be wildly impressed with him. Um, and, and so I want to invite you on your own, but to find a, a physical posture of prayer that, you see, that seems appropriate to you, whether it's sitting or kneeling or lying down or standing with your arms raised, like whatever that might be. Um, let's spend the next few moments praying for our neighbors, um, your, your physical neighbors. And, and, and so we always talk about like we, we want to invite people into this and we, we use language like, you know, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, your friends, like all those people, like those are the people that we want to invite in. But we also have this desire to see the kingdom of God come in Montrose. And so, like, we've asked people who are members here to live in Montrose. And so think about the people that actually live around you, the people that you see when you pull into the driveway or when you're at the park or when you've walked to the restaurant down the road. Like, those people that you see and know who are your neighbors, pray for them. Pray that they will get to observe the love of God that's in the church by participating in it. Pray that they'll get to observe it by being invited into your home, um, but, but that they would get to experience the love of God through you and your brothers and sisters in the faith. Um, and so let's spend the next five to ten minutes praying for our neighbors. And, and if, if you can't think of a neighbor that, that you know well enough or, or know their name, that you don't, you feel like, man, this is like kind of frustrating because I don't even know who to pray for. Pray that God would, would start to open doors for relationships with neighbors in the next month. Just ask him, like, I, I want to know the person who lives next door. I've never met them. Ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to meet your neighbor. Um, but let's pray. Lord, these names are being delivered to the throne We ask you, Holy Spirit, to call them to yourself, to call them through your wonderful love. Would they see the community not as, um, not, not our community as, as something eloquently put together or as something um, that seems cool or as something that seems... Um, like a good step in their life for their plan. Lord, I hope they 
and then you feel the distinctness of a, of a holy, set-apart, mysterious love that only points to the Father, Son, and Spirit. Well, they see men and women who want to linger in the presence of the Lord and say, I, I, I wonder what that is. Would you take us back to the deep well of your grace where we started tonight? As we think about the ramifications of drinking deeply and soaking in your love, that there's this natural kind of sloppy drip <laughs> of a love that is, it gets everywhere. We find ourselves abiding in that love. We love you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I do want to say that we, we, we're going to sing just in a moment, but um, Cole and I will be around after the gathering concludes. If anybody needs elder prayer, we do want to make ourselves available. Just come grab one of us and say, hey, I, I'd really like for an elder to pray for me. Um, we typically do it in the, the gathering, but I want to move um, to our last song, and then uh, we will be officially dismissed. But if you do need that prayer, please um, come find us. Um, let's stand and sing together before we finish. Well, the theme of tonight has just been celebration and gratitude for the immense, unconditional love that God has for us. And let's just, let's finally sing about it and worship and celebrate that truth tonight.
Thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, we will be back here the third Wednesday of June. Um, hear this benediction. Feel free to join with me as I say it from 1 Peter 4. It's starting in verse 8. It says this, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love you. Go in peace.